0: Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor J.P. Trolio here. So glad that you're joining us today on our podcast. You're about to hear a message today from our weekend encounter. I I pray that this message uh, encourages you, inspires you, and pushes you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to stay on track with what's going on at the church, we'd love for you to download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, or visit us on our website, www.oasischurchchicago.com. I'm praying for you. We're believing for you, and we trust that God's going to continue to do great things in your life. God bless you. Now, here's the message today. You just got to get to the presence of God. You be a part of the church, show up, and I'm just thankful that he's here this morning. Amen? And we're praying for you, and we're believing for you. If your hand was lifted and you got a need, please fill out a prayer card out there. The prayer team, the intercessory team prays over those needs, so do not be shy, and go fill out those cards at the Connect bar. Um, We're just going to continue to believe God for supernatural miracles. Amen? Can I say that? That word has been twisted. Come on. We watched some shows today on Netflix. They're all about the supernatural. And the reality is, is that our God is the only thing that's supernatural. You guys are giving yourselves to that, and you think that's what the supernatural is? Satan has won in your life. That's a hard word. Welcome to Oasis Church. We're already going after the supernatural two minutes into the clock what the mess? <laughs> Person sitting next to you that you invited to church, they're like, where did you just bring me? <laughs> but I believe it, that that's what God is about, doing supernatural things. Yeah. Things that seem natural, putting the super in it, it just goes crazy, right? It's not weird. Come on, seeing people healed, it's not weird. Some of you would think that, like, it's not weird to see someone healed, I don't know about you, but I would love to see people healed. I would love to see addictions broken. I would love to see the dead come to life. I would love to see God do what He's promised us He would do. Well, Pastor, that was in that time. Hey, simple truth. I'm going in this morning. (laughs) It's a packed house. He is the same yesterday. Today, today, scripture said, today, what's today? Today is Sunday. Today and Oh, the best part. Woo! I think he says forever. Like, I think he says forever. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't know about you, but forever is forever. He is the same today and forever. He ain't gonna change. This is our God we serve. It's the best thing Back to the scripture. We've been in a series called A Move. And we've been going through the book of Acts and you're like, yo, we're on like 18 weeks. Yeah, it's called studying the Bible, it's awesome. And we're gonna keep going, we're gonna keep going. Today, we're gonna go in chapter 14, if you have your Bibles, open up to Acts 14 in one moment. I entitled this message A Move, Highs and Lows. Highs and Lows. See, these chapters from 13 to 20 in the book of Acts, it shows us the church and how it began to scatter scatter across the nations it began to reach across the globe this is the part of acts where the church just went out and began to be built and grow and the news was spreading about who jesus was and what he had done the messiah had come he has saved mankind through the cross and the empty tomb and the world began to hear this message and and as the world began to hear this message attacks began to come the men that were presenting the message and women that were presenting it they were they were hit with walls they were, they, were, they were at po- points running for their lives, not because they were afraid, because people were trying to kill them, but and they had more work to do. So Jesus says, your time's not done yet, so get out of that place and go to the next place. The gospel's spreading. Come on, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for that. We are products of that. And so I read this passage of scripture, and I'm gonna make a statement. So, so bear with me, okay? I'm not going to, to exegetically dissect this passage of scripture. (gasps) I don't do this often, but I read this scripture and what I get from this passage of scripture is is, that I don't do this often, I don't do this but some practical, hello? Some practical biblical teaching, okay? So I'm not gonna go through, there's a lot of scripture I'm gonna read, I don't have time to walk through each scripture and what does this mean and what does that mean? And that's why you got your own Bibles. <laughs> but but I want to talk to us about a thing that I really believe is, is is really hitting hitting the church. Actually it's hitting people. And that is the, the idea of, of living off the really, really high highs. And then and then living in the lowest of lows. Like we are a people, a generation today where where we we live for the highs and we want to just never touch the lows. And if we're in the lowest seasons of life, we we just are depressed, we get anxiety ridden, we get fear gripped. There are so many things that happen. I believe today that I am going to pray and I'm going to believe for a spirit of steadiness. Steadiness. That the emotional state of living off the highs would be broken. And the emotional state of of being depressed in the lows, as hard as lows are, would be broken. Can I say something? This thing that we're in is called life. How many of you know that life's not fair? I tell my son that even now (laughs) son, this life ain't fair. You want what you want, I ain't giving it to you. You're six months, I'm kidding, that you're like DCF. (laughs) Life is not fair. We are in life. Can I remind you though, that this is not our promise. This world is going to fade away. Our lives are not forever. This is not our promise, we're here, we're called, we're gonna live this thing out to the best of our ability by the Spirit of God's grace, but this is not our promise, our promise is to come. And when you fix your eyes on what's to come, you remain steady. I said this to somebody recently. You know, you ever try to balance something like if I'm not going to do it just for the sake these are expensive, but but like if I were to balance that stool in my hand, right? And I would hold it in my hand and I would try to balance it. Where do most of us look? Right? We look right at the thing we're trying to balance. How many of you know the moment you put your eyes there that thing's going to fall? Where do you look when you're trying to balance something? Up. I hold my son like this. If he was here, I'd grab him. And I hold him like this, and he holds himself up. People have seen me. And I walk through the house like this. I'm not looking at my hand. What am I looking at? His face. Yo, let me tell you something. When you're trying to balance this thing in life, stop looking at what you're holding and start looking up. Start looking up to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one that's gonna make it through for you. Jesus isn't a help, self-help figure. He's an all-sufficient God. He's not like God, oh, I, Je- I love Jesus, he's good vibes. I was in the car yesterday with an Uber driver. We had an amazing conversation, 30 minutes. It was awesome. But he started talking about Jesus, and he's like, man, Jesus did so many cool things for people. Why don't people like him? He's awesome. He's such a good dude. He's such an awesome dude. And I said, yeah, but he's the Savior. He's not just somebody that heals. He's the Savior. Don't miss that. And not only is he the Savior, he's the King. He's the King. He's not some self-help dude. He is the all-sufficient God. And we can all say amen to that. I'm not even in my notes. Here we go. Acts 14. I'm going to butcher some of these f- names of towns. Why scripture got to be so hard, Eric, to read some of these names? I mean, like, I went to Bible college, <laughs> and I would read some of these names, and this is what I would do while reading them. Mm-hmm. So if I do that, bear with me. You get up here and try to read some of these names. Y'all of me. Anyways, <laughs> at Iconium, nailed it. Paul, There was a plot afoot among both Gentiles and Jews, together with their leaders, to mistreat and stone them. But they, speaking of Paul and Barnabas, found out about it and fled to the Lyconian city, come on, of Lystra and Derbe and to the surrounding country where they continued to preach the gospel. In Lystra there sat a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed, and called out, Stand up on your feet. Hmm, what a scene. At that time, the man jumped up and began to walk. Whew. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lyconian language, The gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God. Who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. In the past, he let all nations go their own way. Yet, he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provided you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. Even with these words, though, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. Then, some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium. Pause another place that we just learned about last week, where Paul was at, preaching and teaching, showing the way, these people that were there did not agree with them. showed up to this place now. How many of you know, Satan will just keep throwing whatever he can at you. You think you're done with one season and it may come back another season, and you're like, why is this back here bothering me again? Because Satan wants to get your eyes fixed off of him and back onto this. So some of the Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They, this is crazy, they stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. I've read this so many times and I've just read past it, like there's another issue of Paul getting stoned. And I'm not talking like, I'm talking like rocks, okay, just for context in 2019. Like, I I look over that passage all the time, and I just, we just just read past that, like, Paul's this glorious image, he's awesome, he can handle this stuff, he's a mighty man. This brother was human, and they stoned him with rocks. They thought he was dead, but after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back to the same city. (laughs) He went back to the same city. The next day, He and Barnabas left for Derby. This is a crazy story. Scripture's fun. And it speaks to us. So I entitled this message today, A Move, Highs and Lows. I don't know about you, but did you play the game growing up? I played a game, it was called Operation. All you young millennial kids, you're like, what's Operation? I don't even know what board games are. I got phone games. Well, let me educate you for a moment, I'm only 32. <laughs> Operation was a game where you had this figure and his his parts of his body were were, were open up. This sounds really bad, <laughs> I'm giving a really bad explanation. Not a real figure, a plastic figure, right? And and his, his body parts were inside of these holes and you had to take this little utensil and you had to delicately, am I, am I, right? You had to delicately grab these things out of the holes you had to grab the body parts, <laughs> this is awesome, out of the holes and you couldn't touch the sides of the holes or else it buzzed and it, and it went crazy. This was a game that we played, I have no idea why. <laughs> but, but I, I actually love that game, <laughs> weird. I, I, I actually played it all the time. I practiced it all the time. I would, I would challenge my brother to it all the time. I, I would love to see how steady of a hand I had. I would love to see them when my brother would come and his hand would be like this, like, bzz, bzz, and I'd be like, watch, bro. A steady hand. I would practice that all the time. I would build that muscle. Recently, we moved and I was painting. I don't even know if you don't practice a steady hand, it goes away. I was with my cousin Nate and John Mark. And we were painting this room, and I was like, guys, I got the ceiling. I'm cutting in. It was a Sunday night. It was right after. I was exhausted, but I was like, I got it. <laughs> took the first, and I'm a, I'm a decent painter. I took that brush, and my hand was like this, and I was like, oh, snap. This is not going to be good. But how many of you know pride kicked in? <laughs> and I'm putting that brush down. And I went to go paint that thing, and all over the ceiling, all over the ceiling. I dropped the paintbrush. I walked out, and I said, boys, handle it. <laughs> I am done. I mean, no, like, if you don't practice, if you don't build up a steady hand, you'll lose it. You won't be as firm as you once were. I I read this story, and I know those are games and a situation, but I think about life in the sense of how it works theologically, and I wonder, have we we stopped building the spiritual muscle of being steady? Because it's something you have to build up. It's something you have to ask the Father for to to build a a steady hand. I wonder if the world is looking today at the church and going, man, the people that are there that serve an all-sufficient God, they really just get tossed left and right when storms come. They don't really know how to handle this thing. Sometimes, if I'm being honest, just for me, I think the world does a better job of handling situations than I do sometimes. And I serve the all-protecting God. Why? Why? Because I haven't asked for a spirit of steadiness. I believe today that I'm going to pray for a spirit of a steady heart. I want us to be able to not be dictated by the things of this world, by what may happen, by what may come. I don't want that for your life. But God doesn't want that for your life. He wants you to look to him knowing he is where your help comes from. Come on, wake up, this is good. Like He doesn't want you to walk about one day super super high, feeling the vibes, feeling everything, and the next day crashing. And the next day, I can't get out of bed because I just don't know how I'm gonna make this day. This day's too hard. Oh my goodness, I got this, I got that. He doesn't want that for the life of a believer. And let me say this, in love, God is bigger than depression. He is bigger than anxiety. And if you are going through that, you have a community here that you can call upon to lay hands upon you, to pray with you, to stand with you, to call you and wake you up. There was a season in my life where I just didn't want to get out of bed. It wasn't because it was comfy. It's because I just didn't want to face the day. I didn't have a steady spirit. Do I have it now? No. Am I going to ever have it? Yeah, I think today is better than yesterday. But I pray today that we see this passage of Scripture. And we see the steadiness that these men had. These men were steady. They didn't care about what was coming at them. They just walked in the steadiness of God. When you walk in the power of the spirit, you can walk with a steadfast, unswerving spirit. No matter the highs and lows, no matter man's approval, hello, the mountaintop moments and even in the darkest valleys, stay steady. So three things I see from this story. I gotta be quick. Three things that I believe are going to help us carry out a steady spirit. You with me this morning? Take notes. It gets you into heaven. What? (laughs) All all the moody kids are like, I'm never. I love the moody kids. If you're a moody kid, raise your hand. Woo, we love you. (laughs) The first is this. A steadfast spirit doesn't waver in front of man's approval. A steadfast spirit doesn't waver in front of man's approval. The first seven verses in this passage of Scripture, I'm going to break it down. Paul and and Barnabas begin to preach, they begin to share the good news and signs and wonders follow and they're healing people and they're delivering people and people are getting saved, I just believe it's happening. But how do you know at that same time as that's happening on this side of the coin, people are coming against them. People are saying they're crazy, people are stirring up the crowd saying this isn't real, don't believe this, don't believe this. It's still happening today, hello? Just go on any social media post about church and see the different comments that are happening, right? People are stirring up, this isn't real, this is fake, this isn't right, while all the same time what's actually of God is happening and unfolding. And these men are doing what they are called to do. They are are commissioned, they are called, and they go and they step out, and they begin to do these massive things. But I believe something about Paul and Barnabas. They did not care about man's approval. Guys, Proverbs 29, it talks about the approval or fear of man is a snare. It's a trap. But he who trusts in the Lord will be exalted. We are, guys, a generation today. All of us in this room, because we all have it. We are a social media generation. I wonder how much less anxiety you would have if you just got out of social media for six months. True story. I wonder how much less anxiety and comparison I would have if I got off that thing. Because it, it, it's, a, it's a powerful tool but it's a man's approval thing. Yo, people are losing their minds because they don't get likes. You can buy followers. What? Yo, pay me $10, I'll get you five friends and I'll put it towards my son's diapers. Real talk, people are paying money to be an influencer. You are not influencing my life. (laughs) Oh snap, I'm hitting some nerves. Why? Because we are so gripped by the approval of man. And then you post something that goes completely against culture, and everybody berates you and tells you how crazy you are and how off you are, and you take it down because you're so scared. Because man's telling you you're nuts. Hey, if man's telling you, come to the church, we'll tell you you're on the right track. The people of God will tell you, keep going, you're doing good. But too many of us today fall for the approval of man. Guilty as Charged, guilty. Man, I, I, I know I'm better today than I was, but man, I would get done sometimes early on in this thing. And I'd go home, I'd be like, Rach, I'm not doing this anymore. No one told me I had a good servant. <laughs> Nobody. You know what I loved? You know what I love? This is just a personal counseling session for your pastor. I love when people come up to me and they're like, Pastor, did you hear this podcast? This is the greatest preacher of all time. Guys, I'm kidding, I love you all. Whoever said that to me, you're awesome. But how many of you know it's true? We want approval. We want people to like us, there's nothing wrong with that. Especially all you people people in this place, that makes sense. You want people to like you. You wanna be embraced, you wanna be encouraged, you wanna be spoken highly of, that's all good. But if you are living for man more than you're living for God, you're missing it. Let me tell you something this morning. These men, the reason that they kept a steady spirit is because the moment people started coming at them, it doesn't say that they ran, tucked their tail between their legs, and took off. They kept preaching. They kept telling people, guess what? Talk all you want about me. Say what you want about my faith. Say what you want about my church. I am at a good place. I am serving a great God. Nothing is going to shake me. Nothing is going to move me. I do not care what you have to say about me. I'm going God's way. The approval of man is a snare. It is a trap. Young people, quit falling to the snares of social media garbage. Yeah. How else can I say it? I don't know another way. <laughs> it's a trap. Because don't worry, all the, all the fall filters are coming out now. All the fall photos are coming the sweaters, the boots, the pumpkins, the pumpkin spice lattes, the selfies. Yo, we were, Rachel and I were over, overseas a, a little while ago, and we walked through this park, literally, and there was leaves everywhere. Everywhere. And I can't tell you, there was probably a 100 people out there, all the boyfriends holding the phones, and all the girlfriends taking leaves and going, <laughs> I was Dying I was filming all them like this is amazing. (laughs) I wish I had that video (laughs) Like if I just throw some leaves I'm gonna have so many more friends Do you even know the people that are following you? Do you ever have an intimate conversation with them? Do they actually know what's going on in your life? Do they actually know the trials that you're facing? Do they actually know the storms that are raging? They don't know. So stop trying to fall prey to them and get their approval. They don't care about you. I, I don't. My wife's back there. Is that good? It's good. Listen, God cares about you. And He calls you approved the moment you receive Jesus Christ. You're approved you don't need anybody else. I'm preaching to the pastor today. Why am I talking in this <laughs> Let me say this, though. Hear, hear me. Hear me, young. Hear me, everybody. This does not give you access to stop listening to counsel, to stop listening to wisdom, to stop listening to your, to your covering. Please hear me. This generation doesn't want anybody to tell them the wrong, doesn't want anybody to tell them how to do things. Let me tell you something. Biblically speaking, there is importance of covering. There is importance of seeking wisdom. There is the importance of counsel. Hello? And so he, at this house, we believe this. Let me just tell you this. Pastor, your pastor, he's got five, six men in his life that I am accountable to. Six. Yo, you should hear some of the phone calls that we have. Why? Because I'm accountable to them because they're my covering. And if I'm doing something outside of what they're telling me to do, then I'm missing it. But the, when I have other people come into my life and tell me what's up, I don't listen as much because i am rather listen to the people that I know, trust, that are praying for me, that are believing for me. Those men I will listen to. Come on. So this isn't an access for you to be like, I'm just doing whatever I want. Pastor told me. I can do it. I can tell my boss off. No, I did it. If you come here Wednesday night and tell me you got fired because you told your boss off, I never said that. It's recorded. So never Stop falling to the approval of man. Amen? It's a snare. Praying it off of you right now in Jesus' name. Ladies, stop trying to look like somebody on the magazine covers. Hello. Ladies, 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 I love you. I love you. I'm going to talk to you like a big brother. Yo, stop posting stuff. Let the things be hidden for your husband to find. Did I say that all right? I don't know another thing to say after that. I've just never said anything like that, but it's true. Stop trying to get a bunch of men to like you and follow you. and That's nonsense. Just be a woman. I've got men. Treat ladies with respect. Stop trying to tell your boys, yo, this is what I did. This is who I am. This is good. You're a fool. And I'm talking from a fool that was once a fool. It's not worth it. Come on. This is a church we're not going to, we love you, (laughs) but I would be remiss if I didn't tell you this stuff. Amen? So don't fall to approval of man. Seek God. He'll tell you who you are. He'll tell you your confidence, your security. He'll tell you your identity. It's so good when I go to my father I'm like, God, I'm, I'm feeling lost. I'm feeling like I'm just not, I'm not feeling who I am. Like, can you just tell me who I am? You want the feels? Go to God. You want the feels? Go to God. Second thing is this. A steadfast spirit doesn't care for credit. See, a steadfast spirit does not care for credit. See, see, don't let the praises of man be what you live for. See these men, verses eight through 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 15, these men then then leave the city that they were at. Yes, they go, and they go to another city, to, to Lystra, and they see a man that's sick, and he's lame, and he hasn't walked since birth, and, and they go up to him, and they see that this man has faith to be healed, and, and Paul says, get up, and this man gets up. How powerful of a story. If that were to happen here, if that were happening happen in this moment, and, and Eric was going to come and pray for somebody, and they got up, we would, just because of our human nature, we would run to Eric. We would ask Eric to pray for us. We would ask Eric to do the same thing to us. We would praise him. We would exalt him. It's just the nature of human beings. Come on. You with me? So this, this city sees us, and this city has never really experienced what they have been taught. Pre- like what Paul grew up hearing, what everybody else grew up hearing, they were a Jewish culture, but they didn't have the teachings like these men and these people did elsewhere. This is new. This is all brand new stuff. And so immediately, they go to what they know. These are gods. These are the gods of this. This is Zeus and Hermes. These, these, these are. This is it. They're here. They're here. And the people, oh, get the bull. Get the, get the reefs. Come on, bring them in. We're going to praise these men. These men are gods. Man, that would make you feel good for a moment. Oh, you, you don't think so? <laughs> I'd be like, for a moment like I, I, yeah bring the bull can I eat it <laughs> come on judge me <laughs> you got some extra wreaths like what do you these men go oh no 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 this ain't about us we're just men ordinary men touched by a supernatural God hey hey, hey don't praise us don't don't thank us Hey, hey, there's this God, and cre- he created everything. And Paul begins to talk about the story of creation and telling them who God is, who the real God is, not the God of Zeus. Or if, He talks about the real God, the God of the universe. Hello? And he begins to tell them this stuff, and he begins to share with this stuff, and these people are, are like, whoa, what are you talking about, man? You did this. And Paul's like, no. Why? Paul was steady. Barnabas was steady. He did not allow for the praises of man to dictate what he was going to do. Yeah. Guys? Don't worry about getting credit.